was awesome. And we'll mention that. Mm-hmm. Right? Are we good? Yep. Let's go live. <clears throat> oh, listen, it, everything's backwards again, the writings. Yeah. So we are actually live now on Facebook. Oh, and okay. uh, in case that's your son. It is. That's so. Egan. And that's Sean's gym. It is Sean's gym. Yep. I actually tagged Sean in this. I know. He saw that. So. Uh, He's great. Yep. There he is. There he is. The man himself. That's right. The Grampy. Let me pull that up. I know the Grampy. <laughs> so he that's, loves when I call him that. All right. I just want to pull up the. Um, ah, Christina's here. Hi, Christina. Hey, guys. This is uh, Bill Farrell. This is another episode of Rock Bottom to Recovery. Um, episode 27. I know it says 26. I'm going to fix that um, once everything is said and done. And uh, my guest today is Elizabeth Loud. Hi. Um, Elizabeth has, what are you just, so, uh, you coming up on two years or just? Uh, two years December. Two years December mm-hmm. uh, in recovery. So Liz is coming on and she's going to talk about her story, how she got started. Uh, what age did you start? Um, the first time I drank, I was 13. 13 years old? Yep. Where'd you drink? Um, at a surprise party. Nobody else was drinking. I stole all the alcohol out of my friend's parents' cabinets. So when they got home, they were in for a surprise. Yeah, well, they figured it out pretty quickly. <laughs> I ended up with alcohol poisoning, so. Oh, you it did? Was quite obvious. <laughs> surprise! <Didn't go> well. <laughs> hey, so, hey, Mom. What did you drink? Um, everything. I mixed, like, all the liquors. I didn't know I was 13, and yeah. I mixed everything into, like, a big soda bottle. And, um, yeah, I got alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Who was with you? Um, a bunch of other, you know, 13-year-olds that weren't drinking. That weren't drinking? Yeah. And nobody said, hey, Liz. No, I, I'm not sure. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sure they did. <laughs> so with the alcohol poison, what ended up happening? Um, I went to the hospital. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, I was in the hospital for, like, six days. No kidding? Yeah. See, that's a sign of the times right there. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, it started quickly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they'd keep you in the hospital now for six yeah. days. What hospital did they take you to? Milton. Oh, okay. Well, so you remember that? Pumped your stomach? Yeah, I don't remember that. Thankfully. No. I'm glad you should be glad you didn't. I know. Um, I'm just going to pull up the uh, poster so when we can talk about that. Um, so 13 years old. Mm-hmm. That's when you took your first drink. Yeah. All right. And yeah. what happened from there? So you get your stomach pumped, right? I and did. That didn't. Uh... No, I remember like my family being real scared, and um, I, I, I wasn't. I mean, I, you know, I was, I felt stupid. I was yeah. embarrassed, but um, I, I wanted to do it again. I liked the way it made me feel. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I remember drinking and being like, I feel great. So I thought, like, drink more, feel better, and like, yeah. I just kept chasing that. Um, after that, like, you know, I did everything rec- recreationally for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, recreational, you know, yeah. I was experimenting. I was yeah. a kid. That's what kids do. That's what we do. Got into, like, ecstasy. Um, yeah. That was always, like, you know, everybody else was doing it on the weekends. I was, yeah. like, taking it before, like, second period math class. So, like, <laughs> How'd that work for math? I mean, I thought it was cool, but. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it crazy how we student. think we're so cool <laughs> yeah. doing this stupid stuff? I thought, stuff? you know, it made everything better. It made me smarter. I was more focused and creative, so, you know. Really? Yeah, so is your math skills, are they good? I mean, two plus two is four. Two plus two. (laughs) A one, two equals a knockout. (laughs) (laughs) So a one, two, three, (laughs) four, five. Um, Yeah, so um, where'd you go to school? Randolph High. Oh, okay. I did too. 
What did. year did you graduate? I did not, but I should have graduated 2003. Oh, 2003. Yeah. <sighs> You're so young. I know. I graduated in 85. I was born in 85. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did not just do that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose I could throw out some things from 85 and you'd be like, I was just a baby. I don't remember yeah, those no, things. That's funny. So uh, 2003. So you did you not graduate? Or you I did, did not. Um, oh, okay. I got my GED. I never went to school. Like I was like... You know, I was... Well, you went to math class. I did sometimes, yes. Um, I so. I would, like, do the bare minimum. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd got, like, I'd fail for the first three semesters, and then I'd got, like, a 98 to pass for the year with, like, a 66. <laughs> and you and would, yeah, and you would hustle did. in the last thing. Right. And I would go to, like, homeroom, which is in the middle. It was at, like, 9.30, but school started at 7.20. If you went to a homeroom, they didn't call home. Yeah. So I could go to homeroom but skip the rest of my classes. Um and that's like what I did for most of my high school career. So I, mm-hmm. I, I got my GED the year I was a junior. Um, I convinced my mom that like, you know, it was kind of a waste of time for me to be there, yeah. and I would do better if I left because I always wanted to be like somewhere other than where I was. Right. I thought like if I left high school, you know, I would accomplish things, and right. it was holding me back. And um, you know, I I left. I got my GED. I went to Quincy College for a year. The year yeah. I was supposed to be a senior. Um, I got bored there. I decided I want to be a hairdresser. So then I moved to Rhode Island. I went to hairdressing school because mm-hmm. um, I still needed to have like the college experience. Yep. Um, and I came back. I worked in a really good salon in Boston. Um, Where'd you work? Mitchell John. It's on Broad Street in the financial Is district. Is that John Mitchell or Mitchell John? Mitchell John. It's Two different? Difference. Huge difference. You're thinking of Paul Mitchell first. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, yeah, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the correction. You're welcome. You know, that's uh, why I'm here. <laughs> so, um, and, and? And I started... Using oxycotton. <laughs> all right. So all, all, all through um, getting the GD, mm-hmm. going to hair school and stuff, still using rec- recreational. Yeah, I had started getting into like OCs then, um, but it was never. You know, I saw like my friends got really into it, and really addicted, and I was like, you know, I can put it down. I don't know what the big deal is. It's okay, but I always thought like I had it under control. Yeah. Um, at the time, like I could kind of maintain my life and like still use and you know. So how old are you when you started using Oxys? Um, the first time I did, I was like 15. It didn't 15. get bad till I was, you know. Wow, so you only hit like 17. 13, 14, 15, two years, and you were already into the Oxys. Yeah. And everybody was using them around you? Or? Yeah, it start, that's when like it started getting bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where'd people get them from? Medicine cabinets? Medicine cabinets. I remember a lot of like grandparents had them then. Um, I hung out with a lot of people in Salty, and there was a lot of them there. So oh, good I'm old not Salty. sure where they got them, but they always yeah. had them. So Salty <laughs> always had a supply. Salty didn't has they? everything. <laughs> so uh, all right, so Boston boys. <laughs> you know, it is funny. I watched a. Um, I was watching a documentary, and it was um, the. Somehow, <laughs> Sean, where? Hey, Sean! Hey, come on, tell the truth. He says. <laughs> So uh, we're going to have to have Sean on here. Yeah, we should. Sean does a lot of um, good things um, in the community. And and I know he's always helping people out that are struggling. He's been up with me for a very long time. Yeah. Uh -uh. So that's good. Sean's a good dude. Mm. Um, He's actually, um, he even uh, opened his doors to the uh, Hobart Cares Coalition if anybody wanted to come in and work Mm -hmm. out and everything. Um, But um, yeah, so I was watching a documentary and I forget what it was, but it was a husband and wife team and they were actually um, picked up... um, some people from Southie, um, and they were going through uh, the projects 
and they were taking them upstairs, and they had got, like, a huge bag of pills from Florida mm. with all the pill mills and everything. Yeah. And uh, they were following them up and everything. And I, I don't know which project it was, but it looked familiar. And they were like, we don't know if we're going to make it out alive. <laughs> it was really dramatic. And they go upstairs, and everybody's got the bandanas and the hats, and they got the pills all over. And, you know, so anyways, maybe that could have been you, I maybe, mean, we saw in the documentary. Maybe. So, um, all right, so now, um, so 15, you start using oxys, right? Yeah. And I know I was, I was looking at your um, your bio and everything, and uh, you were saying by the age of 20, you were a full-blown full, full blown heroin addict. Yeah, that's when I it? got bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, like, you know, I didn't, I I went to shooting it pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Like, my habit got bad with oxys, and at that time, like, it was easy to get heroin. I didn't like heroin. I said I would never do it. I right. said I'd never shoot it. And, um, you know, I, I was going to try it once before I never did it again. And, right. You know. Yeah. How'd that work out? Not good. No. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are today. But, hey, you're clean and sober now, right? I am. Yeah. So, um, so where did that journey take you once you started using the heroin? So you're a full-blown heroin addict at the age of 20. Mm-hmm. Um, how long did that last for? Um, well, I, I just got sober a year and a half ago and I'm oh, yeah? 32, so. You know I'm what? <laughs> I got to point out to people, if you go back to the beginning of this, she went to math class. <laughs> 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 so you were on ecstasy, but you were in math class and that's how you were able to figure that out. So not everything yep. was a waste yep. back in it the day. Was. I paid attention. <laughs> I told so. you ecstasy was helpful. <laughs> it was very helpful. You focused. And here it all came back around. It did, it That's did. all that good stuff. I mean, I would like I put it. I put heroin down for um, almost like five years. I would, I drank. Um, I would take pills, but you know, I told myself that like I thought like sober was not shooting heroin. Right. Um, so like I told people I was sober, and like I truly believed that. But I was like taking benzos and Adderall and drinking and you know because it wasn't like a physical withdrawal like heroin I yeah. was like you know it's it's okay like I, I'm only smiling because it's amazing what the mind can <laughs> yeah. justify and I really truly <laughs> believe that and you really truly yeah. believed it yeah I did so I that's so. that's funny mm-hmm. so I mean it's not funny but it I is mean, it's, it's just amazing yeah. how the mind works yeah so um so you were able to stay off heroin for the five years but were you still using um oxys or were you no. No, you were just sticking with the pills. And I mean, the... I did park 30 sometimes, but, you know, that no. was also sober, like I thought. I did. I mostly drank, and then um, I moved to Florida. I yep. moved to Florida after, like, detoxes, and, you know, I did, yeah. like, the mass health shuffle in my early 20s, and I moved to Florida. I thought it would be, like, a new start. Um, I stayed sober. How, how did I know that was coming, the new start? <laughs> it's always a new start. It's always a new start. <laughs> But but tell tell everybody me. what happens when you start new. What, what happens? Your problems um, follow you. Yeah, don't you they? bring yourself with you. It's not good. I don't recommend it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So that happened. And, yeah. Um, I went to Florida. I stayed so well. Like I white knuckled it for about a year, and I was miserable. I was more miserable than I'd ever been. Um, I tried to kill myself. Oh. Yeah. Yep. And um, that's like what sobriety was for me, and that's the only experience I ever had with sobriety. Um, I wasn't really willing to do any work on myself, and I like. You know, I had known about a meetings, I had yeah. known about the steps, but, like, I thought that because I saw the steps on a piece of paper that, like, I knew what they were, and I right. was all set. You know, they weren't helpful to me. Um, so I didn't really give it a shot, and I suffered, and I thought, like, sobriety meant that I would suffer, so, like, I didn't want anything to do with it. When did you go into your first detox? Um, when I was 21. 21? Mm-hmm. So you had, like, um, 
you went you, you went right in. So yeah, and but gone you, bad quickly. Yeah. Um where where was the first detox? Bridge to recovery on the island. Oh yeah? Yeah. And uh no go, huh? No. I mean I went and I thought like you know, if I got the drugs out of my system, I would stay sober. Right. Because, like, you know, I was using because I was physically dependent and I was sick if I didn't. So I thought, you know, remove the drugs and stay sober. Why did you go to that? Uh, how'd you end up at that detox at 21? Mm. Was it, like, your family pushing you? Yeah. Were you just kind of... Yeah. So you Actually, kind of... I'm sorry. My first detox was Spectrum in Westboro. Oh, okay. My mother found um, a needle in the dryer, I believe, is what yeah. happened. And it was me and my boyfriend at the time living there because we had lost our apartment and we moved into my mother's. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't want her to know that both of us were using. So yeah. we, you know, she still liked him at the time. So we were like, let's blame it on me. She knows, you know, he, you're yeah. shady. So we'll just go with that. <laughs> and, um, I went to detox. I only I got kicked out after. Like, so she must have been thrilled with him. Yeah, she, at the time she actually was. <laughs> so she thought I was the only one using. So yeah, the that was, shady That one. was short lived. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so that relationship didn't last, huh? Uh, he passed away. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. How he, old? He was. He had just turned thirty. It was eight years ago. He eight was years from Holbrook, ago. Yeah. Where was he from? Holbrook. Holbrook. Mm -hmm. What was his name? Bobby Dewey. Bobby Dewey. Yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Every time you turn around, somebody, um, somebody's dying from this, which is why we started this podcast because we just figured that maybe, um, you know, get some education out there, get some resources out there. Maybe some yeah. it might click for somebody like. Like it did for you, Hopefully. you know, but you had gone through 15, right? Mm -hmm. um, where else did you go for detox? Um, I went to back down a lot. It was usually either Spectrum, Andrew or Bridge to Recovery. Um, <coughs> I went to like High Point once. I don't think I lasted very long. Uh, um, what's the longest you've stayed in a detox? I've, I've completed detoxes. Oh yeah. I can do the seventies, you know? Yeah. How, what um, is it? Seven days. Seven days. Seven days on the really. detox, but don't they put you into a um, a, a program? CSS after. Usually, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, if you want to go to further treatment, they yeah. do. Um, I've been to a few halfway houses. Or like I've been to a couple thirty-day programs. Yeah. Um, the one at the Shattuck. There was a couple Jolens I went to. Um, you know the CSSs and TSSs. I've been to a few. So when you were going to these places, did you, I mean, I mean, was there, there must have been a side of you that wanted to quit? Yeah, I think there just... was always a side of me that wanted to quit. No. Um, I think, like, what would happen when I would get sober, like, when the pain was great enough, and, like, you know, I was sick of, like, it's it's hard to use, like, you know, you you have to, like, hustle, you have to yeah. find money, you have to steal from your family, you have to do it all It becomes the sole purpose of your existence. Right, it's, it's literally, like, an yeah. everyday struggle, so, you know, that gets tiring, and like, part of me did want to stop, but, like I said, like, when I stopped and, like, I was still miserable and, like, you yeah. know, the problem was me. So, like, drugs were my relief. And, like, when I didn't right. have that, I couldn't handle life. So, um, you made me think of something I wanted to ask you, and I lost it. Okay. So, but it'll come back. You graduated high school in 85. <laughs> in 85, yeah. I like that. She's a smart ass. <laughs> All right. Just my kind of person. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, so, I mean, um, how'd your mom fail? Oh, well, you know, I did. Came back. Woo! Yeah. I just got the thought back. I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, the addiction. So when you're, when you're um, detoxing and stuff, what are you experiencing, the physical side effects and stuff? So, so people can kind of understand. It's a lot. It's painful, right? Yeah. The is. nerves are all yeah. up like and rolling. Yeah, you crawl out of your skin. You can't yeah. stop sneezing. Your eyes are watering. It's like the flu. Yeah. But worse. Hot and cold sweats. Yeah. yeah. You don't sleep can't really eat 
Um, You're a train wreck. Yeah, absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah, and we're laughing. She's a train wreck, <laughs> and we think it's funny. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so you've been through detox, and uh, I also, when I was when I was looking at your bio, uh, you were you did Vivitrol. You mm-hmm. did all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I tried that. On the Vivitrol. Um, I mean. Take the edge off? Yeah, for a little while. Yeah. I mean, it just made me, it basically just made me realize that, like, I couldn't really get high if I did use heroin. But you um, wanted to get high. Yeah, I still wanted to. Why? It didn't really remove, like, the obsession. Um, what was with it with the high? Well, Tell me about the high. The high? Yeah. I mean, it just made me feel okay, basically. I mean, it made me feel like a sense of, like, ease that yeah. I couldn't really, I didn't think was, like, possible without drugs. When I, like, sat with myself, I couldn't. Like, right. I couldn't bear, like, the person I was. I couldn't. Right. The guilt, the shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about that on this podcast and everything. The guilt and the shame that comes with using the fact that, um, you know, you let yourself down, let your family down and right. everything. Um so then, when did it? Um, when did it change? Like when? What? What was it? Oh, I know. Like so, obviously, you had a son. I did. Yep. And yes. how old is he? He is two and a half, almost. Two and a half. Yeah. And what's his name? Egan. Egan. Very Egan. nice. And um, so, um, you also said that um, you know you had you had your son, mm-hmm. and that was kind of wasn't even motivation enough to keep yourself clean and no. sober, correct? I mean, yeah, I thought it would be. I thought you know, like having a child would would give me like purpose well mm-hmm. like make that like you know uncomfortable feeling go away like i would love my like since i like had like such low self-esteem and low self-worth that like loving somebody else you know right. my own child would feel that um and it didn't and like you know nothing was wrong like i that was around the time that i'd stayed away from heroin for a few yeah. years and um two weeks after i had him like i got high again for no reason what'd you all. do what were you using? I, I shot heroin. Oh, you did? Yeah. No. So, and then... I mean, during my pregnancy, um, I did use pills in the beginning. Um, and I, you know, I, again, wasn't totally sober, but, like, I told right. myself I was because yep. I wasn't doing heroin and I didn't have a habit. Right. So, you know, to me, like, that was okay. And I didn't, I didn't take into consideration that, like, I was possibly harming my child, that, like, my family was worried. Um, right. And my mom suctioned me when I was eight months pregnant. She Seven sectioned you? She did. Where'd they put you? Framingham. Yeah, that's a tough hit. It was fun, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you in there for? 30, 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Framingham's legit. It sure is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, And so, um, did you have the baby when you were... No, I got out before. Oh, you did? Yep, I got out right before I had him. Um. And, he, and even the section didn't work, right? No. no. I mean, it made me realize, like, I was still so, like, angry and, like, resentful yeah. at that point that it was still every, like, that was just reason to, like, hate my mother and hate my family. And, you know, they all wanted to, like, it was their fault. And my mom wanted to steal my child. And, yeah. you know, nobody, everyone had it out Isn't it crazy? Nothing was my fault. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, how dare they? I know. And I remember going into the courthouse, like, real cocky because my mom had tried to section me three other times when I was using like when i was when i definitely 100 percent should have been sectioned and right. i beat the sections like they didn't section me so i went in there and i'm like oh this is a joke my mom's crazy they're yeah. not gonna keep me and they did you know but i have to say like um do you know how many times i hear that that story when they're being people are being sectioned yeah um i hear it all the time at my work mm-hmm. um 
you know, they call up their mother or their father, whatever, rip them a new one on the phone. It's like, hang up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, wasn't you know, they care about you, right? Yeah. Right. So. I mean, now I can see that, like, I caused that. Yeah. And, like, you know, for my mother, like, especially as a mother, like, to feel it was necessary to, like, section her daughter that's seven months pregnant is, like, I, I can't even imagine, like, what I put her through. Right. You know? Well, now you have a son. I do. So you can kind of get a sense of what it's yeah. like. Yeah. No, I know. It's, like, it's crazy. We're literally at a, at a time now where, um, you know, your parents, I always tell people when they come in, you know, um... And so they had a um, uh, a woman that she frequent our, our place from time to time, and she like came in. She's like, "I gotta get out. I gotta get out." I'm like, "What do you mean?" She said, "I gotta get out." And I said, "Why don't you take a breather?" I said, "Better yet, I said, let your family sleep for a change. <laughs> yeah. Like, get some food in your system. Yeah. Get some sleep. You know, and um, and but more importantly, I said, like, let your family sleep. At least they know where you are for the time being. They can relax and." You know, and I, I, this is where we're at with this addiction. Yeah. Like um, that there would be a sense of comfort, you right. know, when, you, when your loved right. one ends up in jail. And for the addict, I think, like, you know, like like I said, it's tough, like, you know, hustling every day and, like, yeah. getting high and getting drugs. And, like, so it got to a point where, like, I was comfortable in programs. I was yeah. comfortable in those places because, like, it was just, like, somewhere to sleep. Like, I didn't have to do anything. Yep. I kind of, you know, like, the obsession was still there. But, like, while I was in there, I could maintain sobriety because I knew that, like, it was kind of out of reach. Right. And, like, I, everyone was happy with me and I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to, like, show up for life. I had to, like, right. show up for group and, you know, make my bed. Go to the motions. And, yeah. yeah. And like, Fake the funk. Right. Yeah. And that was comfortable. And that's like just what I fell into for a long time. It becomes so comfortable that like you think that's the best you're going to get. Right. Do you think like that's good? That's how good life's going to get. And, like yeah. that was like where I stayed for a long time because of it. Yeah. But you didn't stay there. No, I didn't. So now let's get into that. Like what what was it? Where did you end up going where it, where it clicked? Um, I went to the Plymouth House in Plymouth, New Hampshire. <laughs> So, why, like, what was it this particular time that you, um... um <clears throat> so, I had, my mom took custody of my son again. Yeah. Um, I went into a mother and child program after I had him, and I was there for seven months, and I did go while I was there, and I relapsed when I got out again. Um, and, you know, she took my son, and I just... I don't know. It got to the point where, like, I was using, like, all that guilt and that shame was still there. Like, I didn't really get any relief anymore. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of in a place where, like, I was tired. Like, I, I didn't want to, like, hustle. I didn't want to, like, I had no energy left to, like, lie to people anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I was, but, like, I didn't even want to hide it. Like, I I realized that the person I'd become was, like, a terrible human being. Like, I yeah. wasn't a mother. I wasn't a friend. I had nobody and nothing. And I, um... I just wasn't, like, you know, before I would use and I would be okay, but, like, I wasn't okay anymore. Yeah. It gave me no, like, satisfaction. It gave me no relief. So I just got, I guess, like, a willingness that I never really had before because, like, the drugs were always there to, like, keep me comfortable, but when they weren't comfortable anymore, like, yeah. I didn't really know what to do. So, um, so let's, um, so you kind of now at a point and you're, like, you're kind of done, um, How'd you get into the Plymouth House? So let's talk about that because I, I know, um, you know, as the pictures scroll through. Um, there it the is. <laughs> the, the Dennis Messing Memorial Foundation. Yay. Um, so um, you didn't have any money. I you didn't, didn't have. Not. You had nothing. Nothing. 
And so, oh, there's the comedy show, Friday night, Friday which we'll night. talk about. Yep. <laughs> um, so you had nothing and you had nowhere to go. Um, so you, how'd you hear about the dentist? Uh, the Dennis Mething, um, Mething Memorial Foundation. So Amy, who is the founder, I guess. Amy, the president. The president. Amy. We love Amy. Yes, and um, she was. I saw her yeah, on here, on, so yeah. she's on here. So, um, so she's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so tell us uh, what happened. What did you do? Um, I had known Amy. Um, she was one of my first sponsors like okay. ten years ago. Yep. Um, and you know she would try to help me, but I wasn't really willing to yeah. get helped. I would go to meetings with her because my mom loved her. So like <laughs> everybody loves Amy. Everybody loves Amy. <laughs> so you know. Yeah. And she was fun, so yeah. like it was easy to like you know go to if I had to go to meetings, like I'd rather go with her. Right. So I went. My mom was happy. Um. I was using a piece, you know what I mean? Nobody was on my back because I was with Amy. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I, I had known that she had started this foundation. Um, it was already running for, I think, about yeah. a year or so. Um, I had gone to, like, the walk they did the year before okay. um, in Hyde Park. Um, I was not well. I was high there. Yeah. And I remember talking to me about it and, like, basically telling me what they did. And, you know, I wasn't willing then. Um, so I... A year later, became willing, and I just called her. I knew about this program, this foundation. I knew they helped you get to, like, solution-based programs. Yep. Um, Twelve-step-based programs. And um, I asked her, like, you know, would it, would it be possible, like, to be helped? Or, like, what did I need to do? Mm -hmm. um, and she told me I needed to fill out the application. I needed to go to detox and um, stay in a CSS and, like, call her every day and, you know, tell her I was serious. Um, and I did. And I went to detox. Um I went to CSS. I, again, I was in Spectrum in Westboro. Yep. Um, you stay there for, you know, at least two weeks so they know you're not just going to leave right. um, before they'll, like, help. And um, I did that, and I eventually made it to Plymouth House. So that detox, was that was tough, right? Yeah, it was awful. I mean, the detox was okay. It was the CSS part that was difficult. What was difficult about that? Um, a lot of people there were on MAT, methadone. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wasn't able to take anything because I knew I couldn't get into Plymouth House if I was. So you had to keep clean. Yeah. And you just had to go with the all the uh, all the sickness and everything. Right. Just, uh, yeah. you were badass. It was not, I mean, it was, it was, I don't, it wasn't fun. It yeah. Was, I did it though because I had Well, I'm saying options. you toughed it out. Yeah. You know? And I, yeah, usually I wouldn't. I really don't know why I decided. I mean, I know that I was like really desperate and just tired yeah. of like living the way I was living. I had seen other people get sober, like, through the 12 steps, so I yeah. knew it was possible. I just didn't know if I was really willing to do the work until right. that point. So I figured, like, I was kind of hopeless then, but I figured I would give it a shot before I, like, totally gave up. So you get to the Plymouth House? Yeah. And um, how long did you stay there for? Um, I went with the intention of staying for two weeks, and I was there for four months. Wow, that's yeah. excellent. Yeah. So, and it was good, right? So this yeah, time was, you go amazing. in, and uh, for whatever reason, you're like... I'm going to do this. Yeah. Well, at least I'm going to be open to it. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yeah. And um, start doing the steps. Yeah. And um, so, like, when did it kind of turn for you? Like, that aha moment? Did you have an aha moment? Did it? Um, I remember one night, like, after I, I was pretty, like, you know, uncomfortable and miserable for the first yeah. month I was there. Um, I read my full step. And, um. I remember, like, thinking, like, I would feel okay after that, like, yeah. relieved, and I didn't. Um, 
it just kind of like made me look at my character defects and realize right. like what a terrible person I was and like have to <laughs> sit in it. So yeah. that was, I was like, I don't know if I did it right. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to feel, but pretty sure this isn't it. <laughs> um, it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> so I stayed anyways. And um, I remember one night it was like right around Easter and I was really sick. Like I had a flu and I yeah. was in bed and I like got up to call my mom and I was like, ugh. I'm just going to lay back down. Like, I'll call it tomorrow. And I remember, like, that was the first time that, like, I thought about some, like, I was like, you're so selfish. Like, your mom's gone so many nights, like, yeah. wondering if you're still in a program <laughs> or not. Like, get yeah. off your ass and call your mom. Yeah. Excuse me. I don't know if I'm to no, say that's that, fine. But, it's all good. Okay. Um, and, like, I remember it was, like, something so little and stupid, but I remember just being, like, wow, like, I thought about my mother. Wow. You know what I mean? And it was like something so little, but it yeah. was literally like the first time I had ever like before that would never be like a right. thought process. Yeah. It just wouldn't. Like I'd be like, I'm second, she'll understand. And yeah. like everybody should understand because like it's all about me. And like that was the first time like it was so little, but I was like, Oh, like I thought of someone else. And it was just myself. a moment of hey. Yeah. Something might be yeah, like, working, okay, yeah. maybe something's working. Yeah. Like, that's that's different. That's new. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's different. That's new. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it was <laughs> so little, but, that's like, new. I remember that was the first time that I realized, like, <clears throat> maybe maybe something was, like, working. You that's know? amazing, though. Just a simple, a simple it little was thought. so little, yeah. Kind of started to yeah, turn. Yeah, started to shift. And then, so, what happened from there? Um, from there, I went to Sober Living. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed at Plymouth. I was very, you know couple more months and um i i went to sober living and i was in dorchester at the how house yeah um it was a great place um yeah. you know i'm i was terrified because a i was coming back home like the same places i always used and i yeah. thought like i couldn't you know before when i was home like i was never comfortable here i was always like afraid or like i would see a certain building and be like oh god i used to get high there like, yeah now i want to get high and all these things and that didn't happen. Talk about that for a second because I know, you know, it's always, I think it's always, you know, when you're in detox or whatever, when you're really beginning to work the program, it's always, you're in a safe place. Right. So it's easy. Right. It's when you kind of get back out and you have, mm-hmm. people have to go home to those, those places, like you said, where they used. I mean, that's a, right. that's a scary, yeah, scary thing, terrified. isn't it? Yeah. How'd you deal with that? What did you do? Um, I did what they <clears> told me. Like I kept praying. I kept writing inventory. Um, you know, I, I did the things that I was doing at Plymouth House that they taught me to do. Yeah, so everything that you were doing at Plymouth House that was working, you actually yep. took with you Meditation. onto the street. Yeah, Meditation. I I did when I, I actually did when I left the program. Like, that was different. <laughs> Where did you go when you left the program? Where did you end up staying? Uh, you, you mean to the Sober House or after that? Uh, no, after the Sober House. I went back to Randolph. Oh, okay. Back with my mother. Back with mom. Sectioned me when I was <laughs> seven months pregnant. <laughs> thank you, mom, for sectioning <laughs> yeah, her. Thanks, Susan. <laughs> Appreciate so, it. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> now you're back with yeah, my, I'm See, back. this is mom's rock. I know. You know, always there for you. Um, and so, um, is their relationship good? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's really good. It's better than it's ever been. Right. And I can, you know, I can understand, like, before when she would, like, be like, oh, are you okay? Or she'd be nervous. I would, yeah. you know, tell her she was crazy. And, like, I would use that as a reason to get high. Yeah. Because she was always accusing me. So, like, I might as well. Because yeah. that made sense. And, like, this time, like, I, I could have compassion for her. Like, I could understand, like, why she felt that way. Right. And that, like, I, I put her there. You right. know what I mean? Like... Now it's up to you. Yeah, and my, rea- you know, she's not, obviously I'm different too, so it's yeah. not 
necessarily the same, but like the big thing that's different is my reactions to things. I don't react to things. I process it through like inventory and, you know, my sponsor and all these things that were put into place for me. Right. And those are all part of the steps. Yes. And it's got to change your uh, thought process. Now, what about the people that you hung with? Um, I mean, I, I hang with all, most of my, all of my friends are in sobriety. I mean, I, um, I have a lot of good people in my life. Yeah. I do. So you change your I'm environment. You yeah. You put good people around you yep. that help you keep, stay, stay mm-hmm. so, uh, sober and clean. And, um, you know, we, I was, right before we started this, I was asking you about the meetings and everything. And how many, how many times a week do you go? Um, I go to, I have a home group I'm almost always at. Um, yeah. I usually go to like one other meeting and then I usually speak somewhere or I do like a commitment or I speak at like, um a couple inpatient programs Mm -hmm. uh, like once a month or so. So, I mean, usually I do like anywhere from like three to four meetings of some sort a week. A week? That's a lot. It is a lot. That's good though. Yeah. And it's needed. It is needed. We talked about this last week with uh, Kevin Rosario um, um, talking about self-care. You know, how, you know, especially when you first come out of recovery, you want to run out, want to help everybody, yeah. which is all well and good. Um, <laughs> but I talked to so many people that relapse and everything. And it's like, what happened? Oh, you know, I was doing this. I was helping these people. I was going here. And forget about yourself. Right. And you can't forget about yourself. Not, yourself has to be number one. Um, because if, if, you know, like with your meetings and everything, you have to go... And, you know, like you were talking about that little thought about, um, um, you know, uh, you know, selfish, being selfish and not calling your mom. Right. Um, you know, there's other thoughts that tend to creep into the head, you know. Um, that's been my experience when I was getting uh, um, sober. It was that there's that, just that little thought, you know, that justification we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, oh, you worked hard today kick back, relax. You don't need to go to that yeah. meeting. You can go tomorrow. Right. And then tomorrow comes and something else happens and there's that thought again. And then before you know it, you haven't been to the meeting in a while and then they, the little bit of guilt and shame right. starts and to come through and it's like, you haven't been for a while. Why are you going to go now? Um, you can't think like that. You have to always yeah. stay positive and, yep. um, you and know. And like for me, the, like <clears throat> meetings obviously are like huge and they help me, but like they didn't keep me sober. Like I have to also like do the work that I was taught, right. you know, through the steps. Um, it's creating those good habits. Right. You know, you had created all those bad habits there when you were using, when you were 13 years old, and you took that, you mixed those drinks. <laughs> Don't mix your drinks. <laughs> Don't do it. I've done that a few times. It doesn't work out right. Don't uh, And uh, so that's good. So now, but let's, uh, so let's talk about some of these pictures, Liz. Okay. Like, that's a pretty nasty kick you were about to throw <laughs> there on that bag. So how'd you get into, is it Muay Thai? Yes. Okay, so how'd you get into Muay Thai? So, well, there's Sean. Um, so when I was 15, I got grounded for stealing my mom's car. Yeah. And I, You like, don't remember if you stole it or not? <laughs> I mean, it's allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. It's so, confirmed. yes, I've heard, I've heard that many times. You can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> but. I just say this real quick. I was working on the big dig. I had seen this, a friend of mine, for a little while. I'm like, where you been, man? He's like, ah, I allegedly stuck my finger in the super's eye. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. All right. So you allegedly maybe took the car. Yeah, okay. Maybe so, did. and um, 
I was grounded. So yeah. I was told, like, I was brought to Sean's gym. Yeah. Um, and I went there for fitness. It was the only place I was allowed to go. Was that when it was in Randolph? Randolph, yeah. yeah. okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So I went there and, you know, Sean, you know, Sean. So yep. he tried to, you know, help me. Yep. Um, and, you know, that was, like, a safe place for me, even when I wasn't doing well. And, like, he always knew I was not doing well, yeah. even though I told him I was fine. Like, he always knew. Yep. Um, but it was just, like, a place, like, I don't know, a part of me thought that, like, fighting could keep me sober. Yeah. Um, I always thought that, like, you know, hang out with good people, like, get into something healthy, yeah. do this. You know, Sean, like, went out of his way to, like, try to help me right. for a very long time. Like, yeah. you know, the years I didn't have a car, he would come get me at 7 in the morning and bring me to the gym. That's Sean. Train me for three hours, bring yeah. me home. And, like, I always thought, like, I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to, like not disappoint him. I wanted to, you know, not disappoint my family yeah. to be a good person. I, that was like a safe place for me for yeah. years. Um, it never kept me sober. Mm -hmm. Did you do any time. competing back then? I did a couple. Um, yeah, I did one fight and I did like a couple smokers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I would train for fights and then I could never stay sober long enough to right. either Sean would catch me doing something shady and, kick me out of his gym or I would just disappear. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, you obviously are competing. I am. And so, so like uh, what? So you get clean and sober? I got clean and sober. Jump back um, in? I didn't jump right back in. No, <clears throat> I, it, it became really clear to me that like fighting would not keep me sober. Like mm -hmm. the gym wouldn't keep me sober. Nothing right. would keep me sober. It wouldn't make me okay. So I, I, when I was in sober living, I, I went to Sean's, um, I made amends. Sean's was one of the first people I made amends to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I went, I taught a class for him on Fridays. It was like a living amends. Um, so I would go there for that and I would maybe go like one other time a week. And mm -hmm. then once I got out of sober living, I was in like a, I made sure I had like, um, habits and schedules with my recovery first. And yep. then I, fit training and around it once I got comfortable. Right. Um, and like I told myself that I I got out of sober living in September and I fought the end of October. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you win? I did not. Oh, what happened? <laughs> I gassed out. Oh, you did? Yeah, <laughs> How many rounds is it? It's three rounds. Three rounds, yeah, uh, five minutes, minute, two minute rounds? Two minute rounds. It doesn't sound like you a get lot. Work no, trust me, I box. It is. Okay. So, um, yes. so I get it. Uh, and trust it's different me. when you're in there and there's people watching you. That's know, right. Like, Totally. The different. excitement, oh, the crowd, the it's huge. It drains <laughs> <It's> everything. <terrible>. Plus, <laughs> it doesn't help either when kicks and fists yeah. are coming and back at you. Do you it's still smoke? Conducive. I mean, maybe. Yeah, you do. I smelt it earlier. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I did. I allegedly smelt something earlier. Yeah. So, uh, but you got to quit that. I know. You know, do you like it though? Do you like. The uh, <laughs> fighting, and, no, not smoking, <laughs> <laughs> fighting, and you I know, do. I love yeah. it. I um, love it. It's um, uh, it's a way to like, I don't know. It takes a lot of like self discipline and like pushing yeah. yourself, and um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a, it's I love it. Elbows. Yeah. Um, I was told you have, a, you have a vicious spinning back fist. I, I like to think so. Yeah. Well, you can try it on Dylan <laughs> afterwards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and uh, so do you have anything upcoming or are you I just do. kind of? I do. July 14th. Ah, July 14th. Where? In Melrose. Melrose Memorial Hall. It's okay. an organization called No Boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, they have a great Thai organization. Um, they're the only sanctioned Thai organization in Mass. Okay. 
Um, it's run by a guy named Muhammad. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and they put on a really good show, so I'm excited to be on the card. And uh, what weight? 130. 130? Yeah. Do you know who you're fighting? I don't know her. Oh, okay. Um, she fought at the last No Boundary event, so I saw yeah. her fight. Um, How is she? Is she good? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll find out. Sure will. In a few weeks. Yeah. So uh, you've been training? I have been training. So what have you been doing this time differently for your cardio? Um, I I run a lot. Where do you run? Um, either at Bayshore or you go I to go Bayshore? Just to run. Oh, okay. I don't. I'm not going with weights. I go to a different gym for conditioning, or I do conditioning at oh. Sean's. Um, but cardio, I have stepped up a lot of. Also sparring, just like continuous rounds, and like when I get to that point where like I can't breathe and I feel like I can't lift my limbs, you like throw to, up. Yeah, yeah. My lips turn purple. I stop. Yeah remembering to breathe yes uh, you keep going <laughs> <laughs> until your body just completely shuts down yeah but getting through that and like pushing yourself right. through that is that mental toughness huge. right yeah a, a lot of it is is mental it is oh, oh yeah I especially when you're walking in you gotta um you just gotta relax you do it's just it which is hard to do i don't know what it is i um I I actually I don't move around that much anymore. I, I you know if I'm gonna get in with somebody, it's like I don't want to get my bell rung. Yeah. It's boxing. Yeah. So it's yeah. different. Um, <clears throat> but I'm just uh, I don't know. I'm just relaxed. I guess I don't know. Maybe that comes it's, with age. I'll check back yeah. with you when you're fifty. Okay. And um, I think I'll be really good by then. Yeah, you might be. St oh, we're trying mm -hmm. to reconnect. Um, but um, yeah. I mean, uh, so I just ran the Blue Hills yesterday. Did Have you, you done that? Um, I have. So I live by, like, Ponkapog Pond. Oh, okay. I run that little loop a lot. It's like I, two and a half miles, three miles. Well, I wouldn't say I ran the Blue Hills. I think the Blue Hills <laughs> ran, ran me. me. <laughs> I went I went up to, uh, I ran up to the, um, the, I went to the ski slope. So I'm doing yeah. a, t I'm doing a Tough Mudder in Ooh. September. And um, so I asked my two boys, I said, if, um, let me see, we're trying to reconnect. We lost our signal here. I guess it doesn't. Usually it just pops back on, but anyways. Um, yeah, so a friend of mine's daughter wants to run um, a Tough Mudder, so I said sign up. And <laughs> she didn't think she was going to sign up, <laughs> and she did. So I said, oh, I'll do it, and I've already done three of them. So, um, and then I invite, I, you know, I asked my boys if they want to do it. One's 21, one's 20, and... Uh, like the 21, I told him, you can't bring Kentucky Fried Chicken and Taco <laughs> Bell with you. <laughs> he said. Maybe after. You know. And then the other one, he's always at Bayshore. He's in phenomenal shape. He loves um, kickboxing, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, he definitely has a killer instinct. Mm. Uh, he's been down there with Sean. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He's okay. moved around with Sean and everything. Um, so, uh, But he doesn't. He's very um, quiet and reserved. Yeah. and. So, so that's the ones you gotta watch out for. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. <laughs> and without a doubt, I've yeah. always said like I can't negotiate with that cat. I never could. If he's not doing it, he's not doing it. So, yeah. um, but um, so he's doing it, and then I think there might be a couple other people doing it. So I just figured I might as well start hitting yeah. the hills because I know I, I I will yeah yeah. Do you do any um? Do you do any speed? Yes. Um, like, like on the treadmill. Yeah. yeah, I try to do. I try to stimulate, like, what a round is like. So I'll run for three minutes, like, yep. so I can't breathe. And then I rest for 30 seconds because that's how long you have in between rounds. <clears throat> and then I go back. Or I'll do, like, sprint drills, like, 30 seconds on, 30 yeah. seconds off, 30 seconds off, 30 seconds off. Oh, that's make sure you set it back. 
It still actually said starting live video. So I'm going to actually pull up. Um, so obviously the um, Payapau was huge for you. Huge. Yeah. Absolutely. How'd you connect into the uh, Payapau? What was the... Uh, um, I think through the steps. I developed a relationship with my Hayapawa. Um You know, like I remember right my fourth stop and like I would... They'd, I'd get stuck and, you know, yeah. the people that would guide me would tell me to pray, like, about that particular person. And I didn't buy into it at first, but I remember, like, noticing the difference in my writing from when I was bringing, like, God into it and when I wasn't. And that was the first time I tried, started to, like, realize that, like, something was, you know. Something was different. Different. Yeah. Um, and I started to feel okay. And I started to, you know, just be able to be okay um which like i said i never thought was possible in sobriety so um you know i i continue that relationship it's like a relationship it's, yeah. you know like it's if i don't pray often or i meditation is huge for me i love meditation um that helps me a lot with getting close to my higher power i do a lot of two-way prayer i don't know if you know anything about two-way what is prayer. it two-way prayer what is that? So it sounds weird when you say it like this, but like basically you get quiet for a minute. Yep. You um, think about like, you know, whatever comes to mind or like whatever's on your mind, whatever you're struggling with. And you write, you write it in a form of a question. Yeah. To God, basically. Um, and then you write down like what you think like God would say. Um, so kind of would it be thoughts and stuff like that? Like yeah, it could become in the form of a thought. Yeah, or something it's along been, those people lines. do it differently. Yeah. I usually do it in the form of like a letter. Yeah, um, like God, like writing a letter to me, and like you just kind of like free write. And when it starts to feel forced, you stop, mm-hmm. um, and then you read it to wow. someone, and um, it's amazing. <clears throat> I love it. Like I thought it was kind of weird at first, but yeah. like it's been a huge tool for me. Um, it's it's uh, I, I'm a big. Um, um, let me see. I think um, it's just saying a low con- uh, connection, so you not a big deal. Record video. I don't know. Should oh. we record video? You're recording on there, right? Yeah. So we can kind of release that in its entirety. So um, and we um, we are um, <clears throat> we'll cancel it. And um, <clears throat> what do you upload when you do onto Podbean? Well, they do it anyways, right? <clears throat> so you'll have to edit out the break where I have to run and do a tinkle because I'm so friggin' old. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is it? Party break. Yeah, so just um, put in a little um, music. They should have bathroom music. You know how they have elevator music? Yeah, there should, should be bathroom music. Maybe a flowing water or something. Ooh, I don't yeah. know. But uh, so anyways, we're actually, even though um, we're not live right now, but um, the podcast will still be um, still be uh, rolling and everything. Um, I did want to um, mention the um, the um, uh, let me see, <clears throat> see if it does it again. I said wanted to mention the comedy show. Yes. So I'll just throw a poster up, whatever, let people know. But um, yeah, the higher power is huge, it is. huge in recovery. Yeah. Um, and it's um, it's just funny how you got there. I actually got, I guess you could say, so I quit drinking in 87. So you weren't even born yet. I was um, born. I was, two. I was born in 85. Oh, 85. Yeah, that's right. 
All right, so there, there goes your math again. <laughs> your math is spot on. Thank I don't you, care. Nobody. If we leave with anything, we know that you got a lot out of math class. Sure I did. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, so I actually I quit drinking in 87, and then, but I didn't kind of connect into like a higher power until mm-hmm. the age of 38. Yeah. So that that was a good long, wow. long time. But I, I, for whatever reason, I guess it right around that time, I um, I just I don't know something was missing in my life, and right. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um, and I ended up doing a Curcio, and uh, yeah, that just uh, changed. It changed the game. Uh, everything went high def yeah. after that. That's so it, okay. if you're going to be doing one, uh, it'll be good. And I think it's kind of it'll be um, a little bit easier for you because you, there's already some type of a connection, right? A relationship. Yeah. And you know, when I went in, I you go um, you go in on a Thursday night, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh man, what did I just walk into? It's all holy holy rollers. It wasn't. Yeah. That was just me. Right. Trying to figure out how to get out of there. Mm-hmm. But I ended up staying, and it turned out to be the best weekend of my life. So yeah. I hope it's the same for you. Me too. Because it really does, like. I've had, like, amazing things yeah. about it. Yeah. I've had a few people um, I sponsored to go, yeah. um, and it, um, yeah, it, didn't, it didn't work out for them. No. But I don't think they were be, being truthful when yeah. they went. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there were other things involved, allegedly. Allegedly. That seems to be a big word we'll use yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> so, um, but, uh <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, the experience, I, I don't think anybody goes there and doesn't leave with something. Yeah. Um, but what else I found, too, was a lot of people that are in recovery that do the Crisio, they're amazed at all the... the um, um, people that are? No, 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 like, the, um, like with the 12 steps okay. and how it c- kind of okay. connects into uh, Christianity. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Have so you ever heard of a book called... Um, Breathing Underwater. Breathing Underwater. That does sound familiar. So my best friend, she's also in recovery. Yeah. She's been reading it and literally <laughs> will not. She just finished. But she, she did. talks about it all the time. Like yeah. Like when she speaks, when she's not speaking, when we're texting. And it's basically, I need to read it, but it's like they relate the Bible into the steps. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's definitely a connection there. Yeah, she was like blown away by it. Yeah. Loves it. Yeah. So it really yeah. does. Like I've always said, and it's not like, again, like um, if you do um, the 12 steps and that works for you, um, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay with it, whatever works for you. That's what the whole podcast is about. Um, recovery is different for everybody. Yeah. Um, you have to get there wherever it is. As long as you're, you're in a good, healthy place, uh, stick with that. Stay with it. Um, you know, but I just found that um, <clears throat> the... Um, the Christianity thing works for me. I do. I'm a Catholic. I grew up Catholic, so yeah. I do the rosary. Um, those are the things that work for me. I have a little Bible thing that I'll read daily. It kind of sets the tone. If I fall, if I get complacent and I don't do those things, because you know, uh, I just get lazy. Yeah, um, absolutely. Those days just don't go as good as yeah, the days that I'm doing those yep. things. So. That's how I feel about meditation. <laughs> right. And uh, and I'm sure it's the same with the meetings too. Yeah. Uh, oh, I yeah. actually just I think I said this a couple of podcasts ago. Like my I was working with my father. We were doing both labors out of two two three, and um, you know we'd work a ton of hours and uh, we were at each other's throats. And he's like, oh, I apologize. I got to get to a meeting. I haven't been to one because we're working so much. I'm going one tonight. 
and he went, and the next morning he was just a totally different person. I was literally, like, it was enough that I recognized it, and I, yeah. I more importantly, realized how important that meeting was to him and to, um, you know, um, his, I don't know, what's what would be the good word, the balance or whatever that kept him grounded, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, um, I never if, put, like, work or, you know, the gym or anything. I'm yeah. sure that, like, my recovery comes first. Yeah, it has yeah, to come yeah. first, and if um, and so uh, we're coming up on two years in December. Yeah. So that's excellent. Congratulations. Thank that's you. awesome. I'm glad you came on to the podcast. I guess we'll wrap this up. How long are we going going for, Dylan? I see some numbers up there, but I'm not that good at math. Oh yeah, so that's pretty good. That's usually what we do. We do about 45 minutes okay. to an hour, depending on uh, how it goes. I think if we were going live, we're probably – I would have loved to have uh, delved more into the higher power thing. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? We'll have you back again. Yes. Um, and I wanted to plug the um, the, the comedy show this yes. uh, Friday. So if, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, we are actually on Facebook Live. You can go there and you can watch the videos. And we actually record in studio, so I know we're going to be going on to YouTube. So actually this whole thing will be on YouTube. Is okay. that right, Dylan? All right. So Dylan doesn't seem too sure. <laughs> uh, but that's all right. That's all good. I know, I know we're going to be going on to... Um, Allegedly, we will. <laughs> we will. We will. I know that was one of the things we talked about when we started this, but um, I also am involved with the Holbrook Cares Coalition, and we meet the first Tuesday of every month at the Town Hall in Holbrook, 7 to 9 p.m., um, and, um, you know, we have a Facebook page. You can go there. I know every day they're updating the detox beds. Yes. Um, I use that lift often, and it's very accurate. <laughs> What's that? The, um, the detox bed list. Yeah. I use it all the time to get people into detoxes. Yeah. And, and it's uh, always helpful. Who's your friend there that's in recovery? What friend? Um, the one you were just talking about breathing What's underwater. Sarah. Sarah. How, how long has uh, Sarah been? Um, she, I gave her her year in March. Oh, okay. She's, cool. She had some time in the past. Yeah. Oh, we'll great. have to get her on. She's awesome. Yeah. We love her. We want, it, we want to get people on here that we are um, together and then we... You know, now we're both. No, yeah. <laughs> so you used together and now you're uh, yeah. clean and sober together. Yeah. Well, that's good because you guys can help each other we, along we the way. We do. You, you were uh, helping each other in the hustle. We sure were. And we're now. hurting each other, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we want to get honest. <laughs> uh, it well, that's good. Yeah, well, see, you know, you're a little bit of hurt, and now there's um, now some help and some healing. Yeah. Which is what it's all about. And so, um, well, uh, so our guest is uh, Elizabeth Loud. And um, Elizabeth came on to the podcast. And uh, we'll have her back on again. We'll talk some more. Is there anything, Liz, you want to share with um, our podcast people? Um, no, just if you're struggling, um, feel free to go on our website, dmmfboston.org. Um, we have, you know, we're having a comedy show Friday night, which Bill is hosting. This is correct. 7 p.m. Florian Hall in Dorchester. Yep. Um, we're going to have lots of good raffles, lots of great comedians. This is true. Excellent Ooh. food, full bar if you're not in recovery. Also come on down. Were you, um, were you there, um, last year? I was. My mother spoke. Oh, she did? She was the, um, parent. That is she going to be there this year? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Introduce me to her. I will. Did yeah. she have a good time with the show? Oh, she was very pleased. She loves Dennis Messing. They yeah. saved our whole entire family. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that fantastic? Yeah, and um, yeah, we we help a lot of people, and 
we will be continuing to help more. So if you want to get involved or if you need help, please reach out to us. Yep, and uh, I will put um, the um, contact information of uh, the Dennis Messing Memorial Foundation onto um, this uh, live feed, and yes. it'll actually be on the Facebook page, uh, Rock Bottom to Recovery. We're also on iTunes and Podbean, and um, so, yeah, the comedians I share is uh, Will Noonan. Yes. Um, Carolyn Plummer. Yeah. I absolutely love Carolyn. She's awesome. Good. And then we got Mike McCarthy, who they call the barbarian oh, of excellent. comedy. Good. Do you remember that last year's show? Yeah. Harrison, the headliner? Yeah, he was amazing. Wasn't he super he was funny? Yeah. He had fished all morning. Like, he got up early, he fished. <laughs> yeah. So by the time that he got on, he was exhausted. And he was kind of in a rage. And oh, I think that came out a little bit. It was amazing. And, which is when... It, 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 I wouldn't have it any other way. It was perfect. That's Harrison at his finest. Yeah, it was great. So, uh, all right, guys. We're going to wrap up this podcast. And uh, thank you for tuning in. If you like us, go back. We have uh, 26 other episodes. Uh, we're going to be running... Um, just about every Wednesday through the month of July. We might miss one or two, um, and that's because we are moving our location from the um, uh, HCAM over to the school, and then uh, we'll be up and rolling again. So thank you very much for listening, and uh, we appreciate it. Have a great day. Be safe. Bye.